This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Daniel Garb here with you on SEN Afternoons. Great to have your company with thanks to sbsfence.com.au, Sydney's best portable fence hire. We're asking for your sports stars to emerge in a big way on the Australian sporting landscape in 2024. I like this one through from Brett. I reckon Rinky Hijikata may have a big 2024, emulating what the Demon is doing. One step at a time. I think the Demon's the one to watch at the moment after his wins over Djokovic and Zverev heading into the Aussie Open. But I like the Hijikata call because... He made, some people might forget, the fourth round of the US Open in 2023, which will give him a lot of confidence coming into the Aussie Open. He's been a bit quiet in the lead-in tournaments, but just maybe Rinky, with the home crowd behind him, can get his 2024 off to a very big start. Getting your thoughts through on David Warner as well and whether the media adulation matched the sentiments of the average Australian fan when they reflect on David Warner's contribution to Australian cricket on and off the field. We'll get to those texts in a moment. 0457 736 736. But Tess Connery from Media Week has been good enough to join us. Tess, thanks for your time. I guess the um, David Warner celebration lifted the SCG test in terms of uh, the interest. Uh, The ratings on the whole, 3-0 whitewash to Australia, but Pakistan challenged the Aussies at times. Was that reflected in the ratings? Yeah, certainly a lot of interest in uh, in the test. I mean, you know, it's it's the, it's the test cricket. There's always going to be a lot of interest. But uh, yes, again with the Warner storyline, and uh, you know, it was it was, did draw quite a lot of interest. The the biggest day was actually the Wednesday, uh, the uh, the first day of the test. There probably not a shock. People sort of tuning in right at the beginning. We had 247,000 on Fox Cricket and 559,000 on Seven, bringing us into a total of 806,000. So really uh, nearly cracking that million number, actually. And uh, by the time you add in probably the regional numbers and, uh, you know, the streaming numbers and all those other ones, those bits and pieces that don't necessarily get rolled into the sort of metro TV ratings, I, it, it will have cracked a million. Unbelievable. Um, and we're building into these West Indies test matches now as well, which I guess most Australian fans are of the opinion that it will be a cruise for Australia. But the selection conundrum around the opening spot will provide a lot of interest as well. So there have been storylines peppered throughout uh, this series. The Nathan Lyon, 500 wickets. Boxing Day test match is always big. Then we had the David Warner celebration and Pakistan challenging Australia more than many fans thought they might. Uh, that's led to uh, solid ratings so far. What about the Big Bash? It seems as if it's going really well at the moment in terms of uh, interest on the TV box. Yeah, this one, uh, it's been a really solid big bash season, actually, where we're seeing around the four and 500 mark uh, for most games across uh, both Fox Cricket and Channel 7. Uh, again, Wednesday, actually, again, over the last week, I, I went through over the last round, and uh, the most watched game was the Sixes and the Heat, uh, which brought in 531,000 across Seven and Fox. So, again, same day as that first day of the, of the test, so... Things were, uh, people were tuning in on Wednesday, I tell you that much. As we've learnt in the world of tennis, when an Aussie goes well, well, that leads to a ratings bonanza. Cast our minds back to Leighton Hewitt in the Australian Open final against Marit Suffin in 2005, I think, which is up there with one of the most watched television 
sports shows of, of all time in Australia. So the United Cup, unsurprisingly, with Alex Diminor knocking off Novak Djokovic and Alex Verev has rated really well so far, Tess. And you'll be, you'll be shocked to hear again that was the Wednesday as well. And the <laughs> entire country was getting behind sport on the Wednesday. I tell you what, yes, you are absolutely right. Uh, so there was a real big peak um, for that one. 275,000 people tuning in on Channel 9 to see uh, Australia take on Serbia. Just tipping out uh, the final, which was last night, 240,000 watched that one as Germany beat uh, Poland to be crowned the winner there. So, yeah, more, uh, more people tuning in to watch the Australians. I guess the TV execs would have been uh, rolling their eyes when Nick Kyrgios pulled out of the Australian Open, but Alex Diminor's start will have just got them uh, in a relieved state of mind at the moment, you dare say. I think it's uh, very much a, a case of not putting all your eggs in one basket there. The TV execs will be uh, very pleased about. I think you're absolutely right. The Demons progress will be watched with interest by all. Uh, this is really interesting. So the Australian football rights, um, devastating news in Australian sport, not just football this morning. Sam Kerr tearing her ACL uh, at a Chelsea training camp in Morocco, which means she is almost certainly out of the Matildas Olympics campaign in Paris in around six months' time. Uh, hopefully there's a miracle there in terms of her recovery, but it seems unlikely. The Matildas are a bonanza. We know that. They set all sorts of broadcasting records in 2023. Uh, the Socceroos rate really well too. Football Australia uh, owns both of those commodities, of course. They've broken away from the A-Leagues, which are owned independently. Uh, are they up for tender in 2024? And uh, if so, where are they likely to go, the Matildas and the Socceroos, which will no doubt be bundled together with the new National Second Division? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think uh, this time last year, if you'd have been asking about the, the football rights, it would have been a far less interesting conversation mm. than the one that we're having now. Uh, you're eight months of five years with Paramount in 2021. That started in 2022, so we've still got a few years left of the A-League on Paramount. But yes, uh, basically everything else that sort of falls under Football Australia there. So we're talking, uh, as you said, Socceroos, Matildas. Uh, we've got the Young Socceroos, the Young Matildas as well. AFC Asian qualifiers, uh, also the Asian Cups and, and tournaments like that. Uh, they are all coming through. That contract ends on the 31st of December this year. So... That is going to be up for renegotiation. I would guess around the middle of the year if they aren't already starting the uh, the very beginnings of renegotiating that one already. Um, as for where it'll go, well, I mean, uh, as I said, you know, this time last year, I think I probably would have just put money on. Well, it'll probably stay at you know stay at Paramount, stay at ten. But uh, after Matildas, it's going to be a real hot commodity. Mm. I would predict. Probably not Channel Nine because they spent three hundred and five million on the Olympics. Mm. So maybe they maybe they'll probably I would be surprised if they didn't toss their hat in the ring. But I think the Olympics is going to be their real uh, sort of jewel in the crown for now. But I can absolutely see you know Seven Foxtel some of the others definitely going for it. And I mean hey there was uh, the back end of last year Amazon. Uh, I believe it was scooped up some cricket rights. So who knows? Maybe someone like that will throw their hat in the ring. Yeah, well, Channel 7 obviously cashed in big time on the Matildas at the World Cup. So they would be enamoured with them right now. So much of it comes down to the schedule and where they're going to be playing their games, time zones. That has a huge bearing on this, the value of the rights as well. But that's a big one to watch in 2024. Tess Connery from Media Week. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, mate.
Tess Connery there from Media Week. Uh, 0457 736 736, the text line. A lot of people sharing their thoughts on David Warner and whether the adulation he received as he retired from Test Cricket and ODI Cricket at the SCG matches their sentiments as a fan. This one through from Timmy. Timmy, hey, Garby. Personally, I think Warner is one of the best white ball cricketers the world has ever seen. Doesn't get enough credit in that regard. That's a good point. A very good Test batsman in Australia but he lacked it in India and England and in some other countries. His average reflects that, Timmy. I know all of New Zealand will be happy to see the back of him. Um, he's an unliked sportsman for his extra bravado and carry-on that he does when he scores centuries. It doesn't go down well with the tall poppy syndrome that we've got going on. Yeah, such a polarising figure, David Warner, and maybe that wasn't reflected in... The tributes, as he bid farewell to Test Cricket, as much credit as he deserves for the way in which he's tried to redeem himself post-Sandpaper Gate and for his incredible record as one of the best openers statistically we have ever had in Test and One Day Cricket. Plenty more on that coming up after the break on SEN Afternoons, including the highly anticipated Who Am I?